0: Though Street Fighter V has been growing on people in more recent times, fans still seem to love Street Fighter IV just a little bit more. We talk about why that probably is and then cover five mistakes you're making that are throwing away rounds on this week's episode of the Event Hubs Podcast. Alright,
1: welcome back to another episode of the Event Hubs Podcast. I am John Catalyst Gray, and with me as always is John Velociraptor Guerrero.
0: Hello, I got a haircut, and uh, it's in the phase, well for me at least, there's a couple of phases of uh, getting a haircut or the post haircut. It's still in the too short, doesn't look that great. I know, I know, but... Yeah, after a few days it grows in and, and then it's like in a nice spot and then for a while you're like hey I look pretty snazzy and then you get into like yeah I'm gonna need to get a haircut this coming weekend and then three weeks later you actually get one and that's the phases of haircut so we were just talking about it so it was on my mind but more importantly than that John you just came from eighth grade graduation how was that how do you feel you, oh, yeah. it's a whole um, new chapter of life you've entered yeah <laughs> my son uh my son just graduated oh, from eighth grade. oh so I misunderstood
1: uh, love you, Ethan. Congratulations. That was really awesome. Congrats, so, uh, Ethan. Yeah. So you know what, John, there's not a congrats situation here going on for Street Fighter V. Because <laughs> Street Fighter IV is more beloved in the community, and whether it's beloved or beloved. You can use either one, just so the people out there don't you know, hit me up on that one. But you can use either one, depending on the situation. Street Fighter IV is more well thought of than Street Fighter V. And I wanted to talk about four reasons why. Four yeah. reasons why the game is better. John, I'm going to hit you with the first one right now. And nostalgia is a hell of a drug. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, yes, the live afterwards. It's amazing to me. How many people have said that they love something like so much after the fact? Because, like, I know that Street Fighter Cross Tekken is well thought of by some people in the community, but it had probably the worst response for a Capcom fighting game that I can remember initially. Uh, The gyms, the on-disc DLC, the time over, so many problems. And yet once the game really died off, there was a small but vocal fan base for the title who really loved it. Mm -hmm. And they're like, you know, this is such a great game. Uh, The classic phrase is absence makes a heart go fonder. We tend to love what we had versus what we currently already are doing, right? We we tend to look back on the past of such fond memories, and and you know, there's no reason that people can't play Street Fighter Four all day long, right? The game is dirt cheap; you can find it on pretty much any platform. Uh, the competition's the main thing that's moved on, right? Right. Um, but it's still when we look back on this game, if you if you ask your average FGC or which game they prefer, I would say a good bit more than half would say Street Fighter Four uh, over Street Fighter Five and and i think a lot of that just comes down to the nostalgia other reasons too but like the nostalgia it's just so big it's just mm-hmm. so like well i remember this game being this this and that it's like it's so hard to beat that
0: yeah there well and street fighter 4 i don't I, I first of all i don't know all of john's points here this is i'm learning them along with you guys but uh, I would say, and stop me if I'm getting into another point, that Street Fighter 4 also had something of, uh, you know, it was the big boom that got a lot of people coming into the FGC for the first time or maybe coming back after a long time and there was so much momentum and it wasn't just Street Fighter 4. Marvel vs. Capcom 3 came out shortly thereafter and that was huge. It was, a, it was a whole you know revitalization of the FGC, especially on the competitive front, and Street Fighter 4 was at the center of that. So for mm-hmm. a lot of people, you're going to have extra reason for nostalgia, extra reason for remembering it with that momentum and that energy, which was very much there. But if you're thinking about it, again, like you're saying, in the past, the, the things that are going to still float to the top of your memory are going to be stuff along those lines and it's going to be much more how you define that game and that experience and the the feel of the even the the community at the time um so i I think that would give street fighter 4 a little more momentum as well yeah, and that's actually one of my points, and uh, I'll I said, continue "Stop on with me that. if I was saying your yeah, point." Yeah,
1: no, it's all right. No, you were doing such a good job, man. I'm not going <laughs> to interrupt you. It's if you've got a good point, you got to jump in, man. So it's like Street Fighter Five. If you've got a good opportunity to score some
0: damage, jump because nothing could go wrong.
1: You know? Wow, <laughs> so, <laughs> that's actually one
0: of the things I'm going to talk about later. That's uh, and, and it's that's totally opposite of what you just said. But we'll get yeah, to that. <laughs> the,
1: the, I was trying to spoil one of your things. I didn't know you had there, So I'm just getting you back for yeah, it. But anyway, we're just but, as you said, the show. (laughs) we're already off the rails man we're just a few minutes in but anyway a lot of time as you said had passed between uh the previous street fighter game 10 years and i compare this actually if if you know nintendo took a break from releasing a mario or a zelda game for 10 years the amount of hype that would you know come from like oh you know uh they haven't made a mario game in 10 years they've got a brand new one out i mean that's what happened with street fighter 3 to street fighter 4 It was a 10 year break which was insane the developers even back then said like look like Street Fighter 3 is the pinnacle of what we can do with a, a Street Fighter game. We don't even know what to do. And then Ono came in and said, look, let's go back to our roots. Let's go back to what people loved and, and get Street Fighter 2 in there as much as we can. Right. Mm-hmm. And you know more on that here in a, a bit. But this is this is the game that brought the FGC back to the forefront, right? Like the FGC was still going; it wasn't like you know it had died off. But like 2009 hits, and Street Fighter, this flood of players comes back into the game, and just they're so happy to be playing it. Like even you know even if the game was less than it was, and it was a great game, but even if it was less, like it's still that that rush. There's so many things here that just kind of that factor into Street Fighter 4 just being this kind of gold standard for our community.
0: It was like Ono and Capcom went up to the uh, the Narnia-like, you know, attic closet and took the, the, the thing that was all dusty from there and brought it down and dusted it off and opened it up and there's that glow from when it opened. Yeah, I remember, you know, it's very similar to uh, when Ghostbusters 2016 came out and we were all just so excited and hyped for Ghostbusters. Um, no, I'm just, I'm totally kidding. I thought I'd get something of a reaction from you out of that one, but... Yeah, I mean, you just pissed off half the internet, man. So that's I, I hope you
1: enjoy your Twitter mentions for the next couple months. So,
0: <laughs> yeah, but but there that that's certainly added to it as well. Um, now I will throw a little bit of a wrench in the works, and you guys know that I am absolutely a, this. We're describing me when I talk about. When I kind of came into the FGC in in more modern times and and to the capacity that I am and such and not like the the ride that Street Fighter 4 was um, that I'm completely sensitive to all of that. And it very much makes it my favorite Street Fighter game um, pretty much bar none. But uh, but I will say that in recent conversations, both in real life and like on social media, I have been seeing people start to compare Street Fighter V to Street Fighter 4, and not just the tried and true that we've seen for the last five years or so. Street Fighter 4 is matter-of-fact better. People are saying Street Fighter V has reached that level of fun or in certain ways surpassed it because the game has made some improvements on things that were issues in four. Yeah. Um, there was also some regression, but but there have been improvements too. And now that it's been so far refined and we're into these final chapters of it, it's really looking nice with the i's and the lowercase j's dotted the t's crossed and such and so there is that's it's it's i would i would almost say it's kind of unfortunate that we say this now because because people are beginning to talk about how four is uh or i'm sorry how five might be on par or have even surpassed four but there's plenty of us out there that still feel that four was more fun um last night We were, uh, we actually were able to.
1: Before, before you move on, actually, you say it's unfortunate we bring it up, and I, I just, I do want to mention that's actually one of the reasons I am bringing it up is because I do want people to take a closer look at like five and maybe appreciate it for the reasons that the game is stronger as you're talking about here, and it sounds like you're going to go to a story about it. Mm -hmm. That's actually one of the reasons for the list today. Is like, let's take a little bit of a closer comparison. And again, I'm I'm never going to argue that you know, uh, Street Fighter Four is more accepted in our community than Street Fighter Five, but. It's kind of worth taking another look at it but you know let, let's hype up street fighter 4 property as well but
0: it sounds like you had a story there and it'll be interesting i'll get to that for sure it'll be interesting to see once we move on the street fighter 6 which shall we say version of street fighter five gets remembered because Mm -hmm. if we remember season five, it was pretty good. And then it's gotten better. This last patch has seen, uh, you know, like Nash just won a CPT event. Are you kidding me? Uh, no camis to be found. It's like, that's, that feels good. And like that, you did this little balance patch in the middle of the season. The game is being played so much more with neutral. It's not just defined by the, the V triggers and the offense. Like it used to be, and uh, and then you also have all the perks of like we said it, it... There's an argument to be made there for sure. Last night uh, we were here in the in the Tucson community, able to finally go back to um, playing at our our weekly Tuesday night thing. It opened up, oh. and we all and, and a bunch of people came out because it was finally like, yeah, we can we can start to return to normalcy. But um, we didn't have a copy of Street Fighter V. Total return to normalcy. Someone forgot something and and whatnot. But we had Ultra Street Fighter Four on the uh, on the PlayStation that was there, so we we kicked that off. Um, For a little while until the person that was coming with the Street Fighter 5 disc showed up. And we played for a little while and kind of just dicked around. And I said to my friend Mike, I was like, This game, see, it's so much more fun. Which is something I almost say every single time uh, (laughs) 4 gets played. And he goes... I'm not so sure man. I, and and it was total mm-hmm. honesty. He's like I'm not so sure and we didn't get too far into it, but I that's one of the most vivid parts of the night that I remember was that you know I, there there's something to be said there because the fun stuff that we've talked about in Street Fighter 4, the back and forth and such, that's kind of in certain ways there in 5 now and perhaps on a an even more nuanced level in certain ways. So that's something that, especially as a Street Fighter Four diehard, I have to take into account, and and that's that's interesting. That's intriguing. Yeah, yeah. It's I mean, uh, get no argument for me there. I mean,
1: I I like five quite a bit more than I like four. I think four's got some issues, but you know, we're we're hyping it up here. I don't want to go too far into that because people have heard that you know before. But uh, sure. you know, I'm I'm definitely feeling that right. Uh, so getting back to it um street fighter 4 comes right on the hills of, of uh our street fighter 5 comes right on the hills of street fighter 4 people are still actively playing it there's no big break in there and you know that that creates you know some contention we you know that in your scene mm-hmm. and, and a lot of other people are like look we're not ready to move on from 4 and capcom and a bunch of other people are like no you're going to move on from a, a more polished game for sure um and that gets me into my next point the lack of problems street fighter 4 um came out to extremely strong reviews uh on Metacritic it's got like a a 93 or a 94 depending on which platform you look at out of 100 it was listed as one of the best games of the entire year back in 2009 um and it was just wow and and you and I have joked before about like we could do a three or four hour show on Street Fighter 5's problems alone right (laughs) and then you know you you try to go back and look at Street Fighter 4 and like and I'm like I'm hard to I'm hard-pressed to remember any of those kind of issues to that level now there's a few matchmaking was a problem like people don't remember that but initially it was really hard to get matched up online because there was a flood of players and Capcom kind of got caught off guard and so they made like the championship mode where uh if you want to match like you you know get matched with someone who'd also want to match and all that it was a pretty cool and inventive way of doing it and it worked out really well for that game um You know, and as the game went on with time, like, they didn't have those matchmaking issues, but that's, like, one of the few things the game had going against it, where, uh, you know, they actually had, like, single-player content, Uh, you had, like, story modes that were actually fun to watch, survival mode, like, and the launch cast on the consoles was 25 characters, John. 25 characters you got from the get-go if you bought it on the consoles yeah well you had to unlock them you didn't get all yeah. of them
0: right yeah, you yeah, had yeah. To unlock them. but you know uh, so first impressions are a huge deal and that goes right into what we were just saying and like i wonder which version of street fighter five we're going to remember and also as i think about this it's like man if we're in our best version of the game and now all of a sudden people are like warming up to it and then Street Fighter Six comes out. There might be that same kind of similar, like, well, wait, hang on. Now we kind of do want to play five, <laughs> and it's just that cosmic, um, unfortunate turn of events. But, um, but yeah, with uh, with four, there's another thing that as you're going through all that and talking about something like the matchmaking in 2009, expectations for online were not what they are in 2021, and certainly not, or well, not what they were in 2016. There. Naturally, Street Fighter V had a higher bar to hit when it came to online play, which they didn't, they didn't hit, but um, Street Fighter Four got away with a lot there because people were like, oh, online? That sounds like a little bit of an added bonus. Now, at, throughout the course of Street Fighter IV's life, that's where it really blew up and exploded, and we're playing on our, our, our delay-based netcode, and, and it wasn't easy, and people grew their expectations, and then other games came out and had better netcode and such, and then, um, so Street Fighter Four kind of got caught in that maybe towards the end but the expectations especially for that first impression period were, were not really there for online it was just an added bonus it was like oh cool and we can also go online neat and now it's like mm-hmm. if you don't have online we're not even going to take you seriously if you don't have rollback netcode just in just in the 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 initial presentation Virtua of fighter 5 is, is got of gotten a lot of flack and there's been some drama about that we, we don't want to go into that it doesn't look like no <laughs> uh, i i mean you know, hey. Yes, but the I, I point don't know. is, yeah. modern times, different expectations, and that plays a heavy role in, in the assessment of all this. Yeah, and it's clearly not a AAA game, too. Uh, I do get it like
1: that, you know, it's... That's that's what I'm going to be passing on. You know, I I love me some virtual fighter as well. It's you know I, I played Akira quite a bit back in the day. A lot of EF2, uh, Shundi and all that kind of stuff. It was a it was a fun game, man. Hmm. Uh, but um anyway, um lack of online play is always going to be a, a, I, I, I have two major requirements if, if a company really wants me to play a game. You know, with some exceptions, I, I like to play some Tekken 7 now and all that kind of stuff. But uh, give me crossplay, give me rollback netcode. If you don't have both of those things, I'm probably not playing your game. So it's I think that's pretty much like it, if you're releasing a modern game, a AAA game in this era, you better have both of those things and if not, I'm probably not that interested. So there's going to be some exceptions, but um few and far between. So fair enough. But anyway, Forward. so back on subjects. Yeah. The lack of problems, John, the lack of problems. The oh, lack of problems. <laughs> if you put down $60 for a game, you expect a fairly full experience and street fighter four actually delivered on that from the get-go it was a shock and it's just like it, it's amazing how many people felt like cheated kind of out, of out of some of their money like when they got street fighter five and i don't blame them like unless you were you know playing online and other stuff it was like you got half of a game you know from the get-go uh, if that for some people and uh just pretty damn disappointing you know you go back and look at the reviews and other stuff and almost everyone cites the gameplay as being good but just the content being abysmal and no dice and uh you know shout out to cyberpunk 2077 um this is kind of an era where you don't really want to do that stuff so anyway last thing i've got john for street fighter 4 being more beloved than street fighter 5 is more traditional street fighter gameplay Hmm. One thing I can say for damn sure is that Street Fighter V is a much more tried-and-true Street Fighter title when it comes to gameplay. Uh, a lot of the fireball and uppercut strategies gamers knew from the Street Fighter II era, they worked from day one. You had actual zoners in this game. The rushdown style that we saw from Third Strike, that got replicated in this game, too, in Street Fighter IV. Like, it, a lot of stuff was in there. You could do it. Um, in a lot of ways, the the version of Street Fighter IV that we got felt like a greatest hits version for the numbered entries in the franchise up until that point point focus attacks allowed uh, a version of Street Fighter 3's parries right because uh, Ono specifically addressed that in development they're like look for a lot of players the, the parry is hard to do so we just made it a button input which is fine you know and and also uh, focus attacks also added the dash cancel and other things and so it was its own unique thing on top of it here's a little carryover from Street Fighter 3 but it's also its own thing right FADCs and, so,
0: and that whole mechanic was a, was one of their better calls rip. yeah yeah
1: yeah, and and so many players cited how the game they felt the game felt like more like Street Fighter 2 than even Street Fighter 3 did at the time. Fireballs were back, and while definitely not as powerful as they were in the Street Fighter 2 era, they regained quite a bit of their previous status in what Third Strike offered. Third Strike fireballs were garbage. Like if you think Street Fighter 5 fireballs are bad, like um, Street Fighter three laughs at your face kind of thing because Perry's almost not entirely, but they they heavily negated fireballs mm-hmm. and the fact that you know the fireball is a staple of the Street Fighter franchise. It's huge. It, it's you know it's reuse most iconic move and the fact that you 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 mitigated that so heavily in, in Street Fighter three was a bad look. And so the fact that from day one you could go in there and chuck some plasma with probably Sagat, but you could do Ryu as well. <laughs> um, it, it was a big deal for people because, again, it's like Mario jumping, Zelda, or Zelda, Link sing, swinging a sword, you know, all that kind of stuff. It's just like actions you kind of expect in a street fighter game and you know that's one of the things that we talked about where street fighter 5 failed right like mm-hmm. it just didn't have that that proper zoning there and, and and so having that from the get-go it has to be a must for street fighter 6. let ryu chuck some plasma from day one and have it be decent or Sagat, you know whatever one but uh but yes
0: <laughs> yeah and and so what did we get with 5 in terms of that like as i try to think back on what the the general feel of it was was first of all the the input lag made it hard to play reactionary so it was further encouraged not to do so so you would just go and do the the like throw up your strongest, most high-priority, overwhelming move and just blah, throw it at the wall. And more often than not, it worked. Maybe not enough to be consistent and win tournaments, but to ruin some people's days. And what you have is nobody's really all that happy with it. And uh, ugh, it was not a good time. And, and again, when I think of Street Fighter V, I kind of go back to that first impression. And I'm, and I'm actively working to not do that because that's not where the game is at anymore. And, uh, and I think we should give it a fair shake with where it is now. So yeah, but but man, it is hard. As you go into it, it's like those those impressions, this lack of problems, the, <laughs> the multitude of problems, the plethora of problems that Street Fighter Five had at the beginning. It's just it's it's uh it's haunted it to this day. Yeah, you're the kind of man who would say someone has a plethora
1: of pinatas, aren't you, John? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that means. <laughs> yeah, that's all right. But anyway, so so just to 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 recap this here. Top four reasons. Nostalgia. Man, it's it's hard to beat that. You had the more traditional Street Fighter gameplay, you had the lack of problems, and you had so much of a gap between these games. Those are the big four reasons, in my opinion, that Street Fighter 4 is more beloved than Street Fighter 5.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, hopefully this next transition into Street Fighter 6, uh, I dare say I don't want it to happen too soon. All of a sudden, I've been praying for Street Fighter 6, and in certain ways, I'm still praying for Street Fighter 6, but... Yeah, Street Fighter V is in a pretty dang good spot. And uh, to take advantage of Street Fighter V now being in a pretty dang good spot, now being in a place where you have more, I would say, agency and ability to control what goes on by your skill and your reactions and such, um, I wanted to get into our next segment here, which is five mistakes that people make and end up throwing away rounds with. And Mm. this is something that I am preaching to myself just as much as I am preaching to the rest of you, because I find that, especially if I'm not focused in on, on thinking about this actively while I play, I fall back into a couple of tendencies, some almost I dare say almost instinctual things that I'll do that I'm like, I'm throwing away the round here. And uh, if I'm actively thinking about it though, cause like as I was doing the research for this, I, I had some of these already off the top of my head that I knew I wanted to talk about, but a few of them came just as I was playing with this in the front of my mind. And, um, you know, when you're when you're playing with that intent, you can really refine your gameplay and you can see, you'll see little moments where you're like, I would have done this, but because I'm thinking about it, I have that restraint or I have that second thought or whatever it is. And maybe you're not able to implement it directly because you're actively thinking and it's not as quick, but that's how you start doing it. And that's how you start developing these and, and, and putting these things, uh, getting rid of bad habits and replacing them with good habits. So mm-hmm. the first mistake is that people don't use their life lead. This is a simple idea, but I uh, watch your replays and you will cringe. Watch my, well, I'll have a few of my replays going now. And they're definitely to show some, some, uh, me doing these things correctly, but they'll be sandwiched in between me doing two other things completely incorrectly. So (laughs) <laughs> do as i say not as i do um but yeah use your life lead when you are winning that changes the juggling match uh, that we talk so often about in street fighter 5 that a lot of this game is about overwhelming your opponent um and and while maintaining or or uh, um dealing with your own juggling act at the same time being ready for all the things is just impossible but you get to when you are winning, the onus is now on your opponent to come at you, which means mm-hmm. you get to put one of those juggling pins down for a minute if you want to, and that changes things a lot because now, all of a sudden, you don't have to worry about going into their danger zone, overextending, jumping forward when you're not supposed to. You can just sit there, and they have to come to you. They have to risk. They have to the dash forward. They have to jump forward. They have to create the opening, and not only do you not have to worry about preoccupying yourself with getting in on them or starting something on them, that lets you laser focus your sights on the places they're probably going to come at you from. And man, sure, at the pro level, they're real creative and they know what the other guys thinking like six inception levels down and such. But I have so many times just... Thought that that's what's coming at me, like in a ranked match online. And no, nope, it's a forward jump. You know, when the when the when the timer gets low and and the 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 game's on the line, and you're like, oh, what's creative thing? No, it's a forward jump that's coming, mm-hmm. or it's a it's a the dash into grab or something like that. The it's people are pretty obvious most of the time. You will get a lot of wins just playing the odds of someone's going to do the obvious thing and come at me. And if you can put down that juggling pin of having to worry about your offense, then you can laser focus on stopping those things and really use your your advantage to its advantage because you know one of the other ways of thinking about this that i found very helpful is that when we have advantageous situations like a life lead, like you have someone in the corner, we know that that's good. We know that we are now in a place where, where we have the advantage, but to understand specifically why you have that is really important if you want to actually use it. And so when you have the life lead, uh, as we just said, the reason why that's advantageous is because they have to take the risks, but only if you make them. So that's one thing. Don't be, you know be aware of who's winning and it's not, you know, if you're playing against a character like Rose, you probably don't want to give her a bunch of space and make her come to you because she powers up, puts a bunch of crap on the screen and then comes at you. So it's a, it's certainly dependent on the situation you, and the characters you, you're
1: playing. You want to stand on like a, a range where you kind of beat her into doing that. And if she gets a little too comfortable with, with putting that crap on screen, then you blow her up for it. Right. Mm-hmm. That's a good strategy. But again, um, it's uh, going back to what you're saying. It's, it's one thing to know to do it and it's another thing to train your brain and to train your your fingers to react on time too so mm-hmm. don't worry if you're standing in the wrong wrong uh the right spot i should say and you get blown up you didn't do the wrong thing you just need time to learn to do the right thing right mm-hmm. it's especially playing defense in this game is damn scary and exactly what john's saying like you know it's it's so many people get impatient and other stuff they like, got i've got a huge life lead you know what do i do here and other stuff like they'll get nervous they'll get antsy and it just you you gotta you know maintain your composure and learn to control the life lead it's hard to do Mm -hmm. um but it's uh it's something i'm even learning with rose who's one of the better zoners in the game if not the best Mm -hmm. um she's pretty damn good at it and it's hard to to not want to just hold forward sometimes so
0: which I hear is really good against Rose. Just hold that forward. <laughs> um, okay. Hold forward is
1: really good against everyone in Street Fighter V. So yeah. especially if you play, you know, like someone like Rashid or whatever. But uh, <laughs> shouts to that. But anyway.
0: Um, okay, so so tip number two is very related to tip number one, but I find myself doing it so much that I made it its own tip. The mistake you make jumping forward when you have your opponent cornered now again similar it's it's you're at an advantage everyone knows that when you're in the corner you have an advantage and it's good but why specifically the reason you have that is because your opponent can't walk backwards which means they have a huge pillar fundamental part of their footsie slash neutral game taken away from them and you they've immediately become more predictable and can't do that one other thing it's like you're really good uh if you're if you're the aggressor here but only Uh, in one one other thing real
1: too is um uh, capcom they designed a lot of the characters to have extremely good corner control tools in this game so if you don't know what your character's corner control tools are you need to take uh, a few extra minutes and really lab and work on those because the not only is everything better as you're saying but like your character should have very specific tools to do monster corner
0: control you do Mm -hmm. not want to be in the corner in this game yeah absolutely so it means that you can play footsies with an advantage but you're not doing that if if you're just trying to go in. Now, if you have your advantage and, and you get some oki, of course, go in and, and use that. But once you're pushed out there and once your opponent's standing and they're in the corner, you cage them. You don't jump forward. And and there's a part of you that really, well, I should say of me, and I think this in, is kind of instinctual. It's like, well, if I have an, you know, it's it's that prey and predator instinct. They're cornered. They're a cornered animal. Go for the throat. Go for the, you know, the jump in, the biggest, hardest hitting combo you can. But that's not taking advantage of. It. In fact, you're either gonna get anti-aired or you're gonna side switch and everything that you just worked for and all of the the momentum that you had, you just threw out the window and hey You threw the round in the trash. So instead, you want to stay back. You want to play some footsies with them. Now in Street Fighter V, if you've pushed someone all the way to the corner, there's a good chance that they have their V trigger ready to go. So they're probably going to want to put like one of their big, either like a sweep or a heavy kick or a heavy punch buttons out there on you and activate and then they can get out. Um, So, but, But the answer to that is, hey, play just outside of those ranges. And again, they're going to do the obvious thing. You can whiff punish, man. The world opens up. If you slow things down and really understand why you have an advantage at a certain point and specifically take advantage of that. So don't be jumping forward in the corner, me. (laughs) <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, it's um, it's one of the things drinking just told me because I've been working on my corner control with Rose, and he's like, "Be a bit more patient. Like you have every advantage. Like and the opponent's going to try to jump or do something crazy to get out of there. Mm-hmm. Sometimes just kind of holding back and just you know playing your fundamental game when you get someone cornered, as you say, you want to go for the jugular. But playing even more fundamental when you get someone cornered because you have every advantage at that point. Just go ahead and kind of let it give someone enough rope to hang themselves. Basically, you don't have
0: to make big commitments. It helps a lot." All right. So mistake number three, you don't kiss, which is keep it simple, stupid. I wish I could take credit for coming up with that, but it's been around for a while, but it mm. very much applies here. There are so many times where especially, and we've talked about this before, but especially when you perceive the other player to be better than you, you don't perceive yourself as, as the likely winner and then you're winning and you start to think about things like that. Um, and this could be you're playing a pro in tournament or it could be that you're playing a player in a, in a class like they're a grandmaster or something and you never beat grandmasters you always lose to them and all of a sudden you're about to beat a grandmaster and you start to overthink things and you start and, and, and it's not that all of this would go word for word through your mind but it seems to go instinctually through people's hearts while they play and it manifests and like this might sound like oh, this is weird but there, there there's some documented evidence we'll get to of, of this happening on wide scale um, but you you might just start thinking like the what I normally do doesn't cut it here, and mm. so maybe I need to do something glamorous. I need to do something that you might see at the top eight of Evo with some crazy improvisation of of you know perfect interactions of moves and understandings of spaces, or I got to do some crazy combo um, instead of just my bread and butter will finish things out and I'll beat Justin Wong for example, right? Because the Justin Wong factor phenomenon is is this exactly. And for those that don't know, Justin Wong, one of the most uh, famous fighting game players in the world, probably the most famous in America and has been for some time. So what would happen a lot of times is other players with not as impressive of resumes as Justin Wong would for one reason or another do really well, have him on the ropes, have him dead to rights, rights, and then just trip at the finish line some reason they let him go they don't do the right combo they don't finish what whatever it is and then justin takes advantage being the pro that he is takes advantage of the situation and this murders them for it and it but but like they are the ones that trip at the finish line and then justin wong wins and it's like man I, I definitely did this a lot against alex valle at wednesday night fights i'd win i'd win three rounds in a row and then i'd start to go like oh i gotta do something crazy and cute and i'd go in or i would jump forward in the corner or whatever it is instead of just hanging back and doing the thing that was working that got me there in the first place it's really it's weird it's easy to do though and i have a very specific example also from wednesday night fights where uh (laughs) i like to go through this because i know you don't like to to talk about it because it's your friends getting beat up but we're going there baby Mm -hmm. it's uh was Wednesday Night Fights, I think it was 2013 or so, and Michael Tan and Wow had come over from Japan, I believe. Uh, they were kind of invaders coming in to play in SoCal regionals, but they got there early and they attended Wednesday Night Fights. So it was a big deal, and they were the celebrities in the room, and everyone was like, oh, we're going to be able to fend off the invaders, or the Wednesday Night, boy, Wednesday Night Fights boy is going to be able to fight them off. And I ended up playing Michael Tan's Ken in Winner's... Uh, in the winner's bracket, on stream, there's a bunch of people around betting bison bucks, it was high profile, we were on the stream, Wednesday night fights, just before SoCal regionals, everybody was there, and I found that I was doing really well, and I won the first game, and uh, he didn't have a ton of experience against Goken, so things were going well, and uh, we were playing really slow, and he was trying to figure out how to get through the fireballs, he wins a round, I win a round, so it's the game two, I'm up a game, final round, we get very slow play all the way down to the last 20 seconds and then he thinks i'm going to throw a fireball at a specific spot i don't throw it but he bites and he throws out ken's ultra two which is this tatsu move that moves forward goes through fireballs you can duck it and it won't hit you at all and in fact all i needed to do was press fierce punch and i would have won the set sent him to losers and defended the wednesday night fights territory (laughs) but do you have to do you have to say that what if like how simple was that's all i needed yes because that's part of the lesson here i know i hate that part of the lesson was that (laughs) this was high profile and this guy was supposed to beat me and and all of that stuff made this really like grandiose in my mind and in my heart and so what my thought process was This guy, I need to make sure that he's down. I need to, you know, the double, triple tap in the head for zombie movies, right? So my thought was well, I'm gonna let this Ultra run out, and then he's got a ton of recovery afterwards. I'm going to take a half step forward and do my most damaging combo, which starts with, with close fierce because there's proximity normals in Street Fighter 4. So, But I stand up like a, what had to be one frame too early and got clipped by the end of his ultra animation, died, and then went on to lose the next match and went to losers. By the way, I then played WoW in losers and beat him later in the tournament. So but that's the the part of the story that you don't often hear. But, Was that streamed, John? Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. Oh, it was. Okay, I don't remember that part. You know what? I only remember you failing now. Yeah.
1: <laughs> well, the first really impressions, man. <laughs> They're lasting.
0: No one remembers the last season of the game. They just remember the first one, huh? So- uh, yeah, I have to I have to mention,
1: like, Knuckle Dew winning Capcom Cup in 2016, and then he goes online and, like, a random mm-hmm. kid blows him the hell up, and he's like, well... I guess I suck now.
0: <laughs> You're
1: only as good as your like your last game, John. Like that doesn't matter what you've done before.
0: But wow, anyway, was yes. after that. So, I know, uh... <laughs> but I don't remember that. So I don't remember that one. So anyway. I'll see if I can find some footage and uh, <laughs> a little redemption footage. But yeah, so so mm-hmm. the point is, keep it simple, stupid. Again, talking to me that just do what needs to be done. Keep playing the what got you there in the first place to this to this advantage is what's going to carry you through to the end. Just do the bread and butter. Just do the frame trap. Don't think too much about it because then you start looking stupid in front of everybody. Um, all right. So mistake number four is uh, people don't well, – it's use – what you need and only what you need to get the KO or the stun. And by this I mean that there are certain scenarios where all you need is one more little tappy tap and they're either dead or their stun bar is really full and you just need one more little hit and then they'll be stunned and then you'll get to take advantage of that. Well, why would you use, if it's all the same in terms of you only need this much damage, so a heavy punch or a light punch is going to be the same thing for you right here in terms of, you know, what you need the light punch is fast man And, and it's safer you don't need to take big haymaker swings at someone who only needs to be you know flicked to be knocked over and defeated so don't be taking risks that you don't need to in those scenarios um i've i've you a lot of characters will have uh closeout moves Nikali's is definitely standing light kick it's active for two frames which is actually a long time for a for a light move like that and he sticks it out just in front of him it catches so many things now in the middle of a round that little like 30 damage or whatever it does is not that significant but if it's the make or break man you get to play a game where all you're doing is risking lights It's like, that's a really great situation. Why would you be sticking crush counter buttons out there and such when those can be hitting their startup or or, or whiff punish so much more easily? Just stick to what you Um, know uh, is, is quick and easy. The tournament
1: equivalent of that is Rashid's crouching light kick. You see people get down to stun range or uh, chip out range, and you see Rashid's crouching light kick, I even remember a gif of it. It was like every tournament match with Rashid down to the last bit of life, and it's just like spamming crouching light kick over and over again. Well, they do it because it's exactly backing up your point. It's a very low commitment move, and if it gets a job done, you're good to go, Um, and that's why they do it. It's highly effective in certain times and points in a match.
0: Mm-hmm. And this this next little uh, example kind of uh, puts a couple of these together. I remember just after Street Fighter V had come out and Infiltration was doing what he was doing with Nash back in the day. I remember watching a stream and he would get opponents to the corner. He did this a few times and they would be close to stun. What he would do is he would back up just a little bit, let them wake up. And he would just kind of like plink and dance on the, the light punch button and just stick light punches, crouching light punches out there a few times and eventually they would just get hit by him like uh, like mm-hmm. he just sat there and caged them and just dit, 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 light punches and eventually one would connect it get the stun and then he'd get to go and do whatever he wanted uh mm-hmm. he he stopped all that momentum and just sat there and used the only thing that he needed to use to get what he needed and and kept it simple caged him in the corner and didn't overextend used only what you need to get the stun in that situation Um, very nice tip number five the biggest mistake i should say that people are a big mistake that people make uh is that you don't kill when you can kill no amount of meter is worth the round as far as i can tell in this game now it depends on the game that you're playing but in street fighter 5 spend that critical art to get through the round um now that might have been more true back when there was more vortex back when there was more like a single touch could end everything so you could argue that maybe the calculus has changed a bit but widely speaking if you can end the ground do it spend the meter yep. now that doesn't mean be spending an entire critical art where a single bar of, of vx meter will do you know you need to be aware of how much your, your how much damage your character does and pick the appropriate amount but don't be uh greedy and holding on to meter holding on to this and that when you could kill spend it make sure they're dead double tap um and yeah, but just don't don't do the Michael Tan way because that that doesn't work <laughs> out. Yeah, it's a that's a pretty much a universal
1: rule that we learned early on in Street Fighter five, But it's hard. To, like the game's evolving, all this stuff is changing. Daigo's actually using V Shift for the first time ever. It's happening. Do we do we conserve the meter, John? The answer is. Yes, Uh, spend it. It's it's you do not want to leave your opponent alive in Street Fighter five. You can risk it. And I've seen it pay off. But man, it seems like you're just playing with fire
0: at that point. And maybe you can pull it off, but I don't recommend it there it is and and when it doesn't and you just you hate nah. yourself you're like and i could have and i didn't and they street yeah. fighter 5 came back on me and mm, mm. so yeah. save yourself that heartache get yourself some of those sweet sweet league points that help define you as a human being and, and show your <laughs> worth to the rest of the world because we all know that's exactly there what they do those are five mistakes that you could be making less of in street fighter 5 boom there it is All right, y'all. That's going to wrap us up for this week of the Advanced Podcast. Once again,
1: thank you all so much for listening, and we'll be back with you soon. All right. Subscribe.